Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, depending upon where and when you are. I'm the Meatball. This is the Meatballs for America podcast. We're talking episode number eight, being aired Wednesday, January 4th, 2022. First, I'm going to thank you all for listening in, those I beg to listen, those I tell to listen, those I ask to listen, and those listening of your own accord. I appreciate all of you. Uh, I really do. And I really do appreciate your phone calls and your messages. Remember, you can always email the podcast. You can always email the meatball at meatballsforamerica at yahoo.com, all lowercase, and then number four, not the word. You can leave me voicemails at 307-363-2669. Has to ring like five, six times. Can't figure out how to adjust that. Don't think I can, but it will pick up. Please feel free to leave a voicemail or an email. Anything you say can and will be used on the podcast. Can and may be used on the podcast. Not definitely will. Uh, if you get too vulgar or start shouting racial things, it's not going on the air. No matter how valid the rest of your points are. I got a whole, whole lot for you today along my guy at sportsbet.com segment, the uh, pocket bookie thingamadoozer we started talking about. I got a lot of phone calls, uh, and I want to start off and give myself and the meatball and the podcast a little love. This is Linguini. He's a regular caller. He likes to call after every episode and... Give me praise, and I'm going to accept that. Uh, Hopefully, we'll get some Linguini's opinions along the way. He did give us some. uh, I believe he told all the woke to kiss his ass in one phone call. I believe I aired that. But here you go. Here's Linguini with some love for the meatball on my first call. Yeah, meatball, this is Linguini. Your interviews were um, really good. I found the teacher very informative. And the bet guy was good, too. Keep up the interviews. I enjoy it. Talk to you later. Happy, healthy new year. Thanks, Linguini. A happy and healthy 2022 and beyond to you also. Hope everybody's fine. Hope you all got through 2021 healthy and fine. And hope you're enjoying the first four days of this year. But does that man have a great voice? That's a great voice. If I ever write a mob movie, he's playing the Don just for that voice. (laughs) All right. uh, And next, just to get us at... Caught up and starting on some current situations. She's quickly becoming a Meatballs for America regular. Great voice, great attitude. I christened her The Broad, and she took it with pride. So, uh, The Broad, what say you? Hi, Meatball. It's The Broad. Quick question. So, a lot of employers are telling their employees, get the vaccination or you're out of a job. Well, why haven't they said to these people on welfare, get your vaccination or you don't get welfare? What about these people on food stamps? Get your vaccination or you don't get your food stamps. What are your thoughts? Bye. Ooh, I'm glad you brought that up because that does remind me. I believe in listening to last week's podcast, I happened to say or misspoke and said, I'm pro-mandate. I'm pro-vaccine. I am definitely 100% anti-mandate, most especially federal mandates. They are completely unconstitutional. Uh, Our forefathers set up this government and the Constitution writes it out to not give the federal government and the president that much power to tell everybody in the nation what to do. They did that to protect us from tyranny and to protect us from an imbecile like we have in office right now. Uh, So I am pro-vaccine, anti-mandate. This OSHA workplace uh, safety end around he's trying to pull should and more than likely will get shot down in courts. He doesn't have the authority to do that. Now, I do understand the states and local governments do have that power, but I don't believe uh, 
they should do that. But uh, what's an interesting uh, point you made, interesting and valid point there, is if you're going to mandate employees, federal employees or employees at companies with 100 and more or more people, why not mandate the people getting government aid to get it? I mean, that, that sounds fair and legitimate to me. If I got to go to work and you got to mandate me to get it to go to work, you got to mandate the people you're giving freebies to to get it. Okay, not to put anybody down who needs help. Lord knows the meatballs needed help thanks to COVID. But, uh, hey, there's got to be rules to get and stuff. But uh, in all honesty, the only mandate I would be 100% behind is vaccinating and quarantining every illegal Im- immigrant that comes into this country. If you're going to let them in and you're going to ship and spread them all throughout our country, mandate they get man- they get vaccinations. Line them up and shoot them with every vaccine we have available in the United States because we don't know who they are, where they're coming from, or what they're bringing into our country. And they are the biggest problem with Biden's failure to meet his promise of stopping this disease. They're bringing it in and they're spreading it. All right. Before I get all meatballs on you, let's uh, play my talk with my guy at sports, sportsbet.com. Sorry about that. Here's the call with my guy at sportsbet.com, recorded earlier. Listen in. Alrighty, so he's going to be a new regular feature. It's my guy at pointsbet.com. We're going to talk sports. We're going to talk football. We're going to talk about how you bet with that bookie in your pocket. Pointsbet.com. My guy, how you doing this week? Meatball, how you doing, buddy? Everything's good, man. Good, good, good here. Everybody's staying safe and healthy. You have great holidays. Yeah, we actually spent uh, Christmas vacation in Vegas. Nice. So you, so, so you gambled a little, huh? Yeah, just a little dabbling here and there, you know. You just I've I've had dabbling days like that. So, what you think of last night's game? Uh, last night's game was great. First of all, I had Pittsburgh minus the three, so I won some money, which always makes the game a little sweeter. Always. And <laughs> I was happy to see uh, Big Ben go out on top. I mean, two Super Bowls, I think, nineteen years in the same city. How could you not pull for the guy? Seriously. Uh, I mean, you can and you can't. I mean, I don't know how good he is off the field, some of those rumors. I mean, when he was a multimillionaire, big shot NFL quarterback, he was hanging out in a college bar and got himself in trouble locked in a bathroom with a college girl. I mean, that's not a bright human being, to say the least. Uh, True. So, I, I mean, I, I have nothing against the guy. I, I, I mean, he was a great football player. I respect him as a football player. I would have taken him for the 18, 19 seasons or whatever. Who else came out? That was a good class, too, wasn't it? They had Rivers and Manning, right? Rivers and Manning, yeah. And, and um, Wasn't there another yeah, first-rounder that year? I think a Lowsman yeah, or something. I think, I think there were four first-rounders that year. There may have been. I know he was Miami, Ohio, and he didn't go as high as the other guys, but arguably the best one out of the class. Well, that's got to be, well, Eli won two and he won two and went to three, right? I can't think of, I wonder if there's a quarterback class that had that many Super Bowl winners in it. Elway had two, Marino had none. Who else came out with Elway? Uh, Kelly didn't have any. Um, That great class, Elway's the only one who's got any, isn't it? I would have to agree with you. Yeah. There might be one, yeah. one, one. I mean, I, they're, they're, I don't think any other quarterback classes had two multiple Super Bowl winner quarterbacks. That'd be interesting trivia question. I would have to uh, go with, uh, one, I think you're right. When we're done here, I'm definitely looking it up. That's that's the only thing. You you can't argue about shit forever now. All you got to do is look at it. You used to be able to have, you know, you could have a an argument at a bar for four hours over how many Super Bowls somebody won. Now all you got to do is, oh, wait, let me look it up. Google it. And the argument's over. Sucks. You could still have the argument, who's better, Michael Jordan, LeBron James. That's about it. It's an, an opinion argument now. That's it. Yeah, and I still think Wilt was better than both of them. But uh, what do you think of that bullshit three points they picked up at the end of the Niners game? Oh, I am so glad you brought that up because it's been burning my ass. Obviously, I had money on Houston plus 14. Oh, God, that's really bad. Just brutal. So this is why people think that the coaches or some of the upper uh, staff members bet these games. Now, when, when, when you're involved in the sports industry, you know there's too much at risk and too much money at stake to jeopardize your reputation on, even if it was a 
$200,000 bet. It could leak out. But things that happen like that on Sunday have to get your ears up because here's the scenario, and I'll go through it in 15 seconds. San Francisco's up uh, 13 points. They're laying 14 points. So they're losing the bet, basically, at the minute. They're losing the bet, but they're comfortably winning the game by 13 points. They have a third and one at Houston's 20-yard line. They get stuffed. Okay, Houston's out of timeouts. Clock tick, 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 down to 50 seconds. Instead of going for it on fourth down, a quarterback sneak, you probably pick it up. If you don't pick it up, you know, game's over anyway. Houston's going to get two touchdowns with no timeouts from their own 15-yard line, blah, blah, blah. They call a timeout. They discuss it. They trot on their kicker. Their kicker kicks a 25-yard field goal to win the game by 16 points and cover the spread. That's ridiculous. So, <laughs> it does sound so fishy. Oh, it's just it just makes people think, and even people like me that know there's no betting going on from the from the upper management and the teams and the players. It's just like I think coaches choke too, just like tennis players choke, pitchers in baseball choke. We choke when we're given a big speech, or people choke. I think coaches they just choke, and they're like, "Fuck, I don't know what to do." Fucking send the kicker out. Yeah. Have him kick the fucking field goal. Yeah, that I, probably. I mean, dude, they're. They got to make so many split decisions so quickly. I can see that. Who <laughs> was it? Was it the Eagles coach, Cotite? That he had a chart for two points and and it got wet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I think they laminate him now because he didn't know whether to go for two or not because his chart got wet and it smeared. Or so. Well, we can argue. We can argue whether or not he's the worst coach in NFL history. <laughs> I'll never forget. I think he was seven and two. He just beat Dallas in Dallas to go seven and two, and they were interviewing him. He lights up a big old cigar, kicks his feet up on the desk, and and touts like he's the greatest thing ever, and his job is so secure. They lost the next seven games, and then I think he went to uh, the Jets and went one in fifteen. So after that point, he went like one in twenty two. <laughs> yes. Uh, he yeah he was bad. He was bad. Who you like this week? Well, this week for your listeners, I have a I I, I don't use the term lock, okay? So I'm going to just use the term layup, okay? Layup, all right. That's pretty easy. All right, so we'll use layup for the games we really like. Lock has a has a has a I have a bad history with lock. I don't like it. I understand. So <laughs> so the layup this week is the Tennessee Titans. Jump on them early. Uh, you can log on the points better, whatever site you're using. You know, whatever whatever pocket bookie you have. Take them now. They need the game to secure a buy and the number one seed in the AFC. And the reason it's so important is because Derrick Henry, an extra week rest, comes back and the AFC championship rolls through Tennessee and they get another week to rest. They play. Oh, my gosh. They play a crappy team. Texans, 10 and a half. Thank you. They play the Texans, who just screwed me royally. <laughs> yep. um, yeah, thanks for helping me out with that. I knew it was a crappy team. Houston's got, like, four wins. Tennessee can name the number, but right now it's sitting on, like, nine. It's already up to 10, but it's a 17, 20-point game. They get a big lead early, and they just sit on Houston. Well, I'll tell you what. The running game ain't bad, even without Derrick Henry. I mean, uh, no, the backup there in in Tennessee yeah, is a bulldozer too. Me. He's yep, yeah, he's yeah, he's been carrying the load. Well, yeah, yeah, what absolutely. kind of crazy prop bet you got? You got anything off the top of your head? You know about prop bets in in the uh, NFL this week? Oh, I heard a I heard an interesting stat. It's something you might I don't know if you know off the top of your head or if you look at uh, Cup, uh, the guy in St. Louis. That uh, well, oh, Cooper L- Cup, he's Cooper Cup. Yeah, he's 13 straight weeks, I think. He went over his number in total yards, and I think he scored in 11 of the last 13 weeks or something absurd like that. Well, he leads the NFL in yards after the catch. He leads the NFL in yardage from scrimmage. He leads the NFL in receptions, and they're talking about possible, you know, he's in the MVP conversation. As a wide receiver. That's amazing. So. It's not surprising that he blew his number away every week because he's just underrated and he's just a fantastic player. Well, the only thing I, I started thinking of that slider scale or whatever you were talking about last week with that, I was like, I wonder how much money you'd make off of him in those 13 weeks that he went over his number with the slider. Yeah, <laughs> the I, I, he threw a 270 week in one week. 
Oh, the remember. slider, baby. You could win. You put a thousand up, you can win 30 grand on the slider with a with a game like that. You just don't know when they're going to pop, pop up, up. But when they do. Oof. Well, I'll tell you what will happen when I take one of those slider bets. The guy blows out his knee on the first play. He, he trips coming out of the locker room and doesn't get a yard. <laughs> Yeah, or test positive for COVID, COVID before yeah. he walks on the field. Yeah, he, they call <laughs> from the phone. Yank him, put a mask on him, drag him out, hazmat. <laughs> and but, what, what has the craziest prop bets on, on pointsbet.com, do well, you think? Your football, your basketball, your baseball. What's the craziest prop bet you've seen? Well, this, you, I mean, there are so many, but one that a friend of mine made last night was I thought fantastic and it paid 25 to one. He put 10 bucks on it for $250 and he just missed it. He had Najee Harris over 80 rushing yards winner. Deontay Harris catching a touchdown winner. Um, Chase Claypool over 50 something receiving yards. That's what crushed it. And he had a I gonna, player. I don't know who Chris Claypool is. That's, I was going to say, I, I'm not good at these bets. I don't recognize that name. Chase Claypool's a receiver for the Steelers. Yeah, I figured. When and you then said he had. The um, he had. Um, geez, I forget. It was a. It was a couple of uh, basketball props in there, and they both hit. So he he went four for five. But look. We, like we talked about last week, these prop bets are perfect for people that want to, you know, people go into the store and buy $10 scratch-offs. You get I mean, better odds and, with these things. And more fun to watch than three seconds you got, of balls dropping. It, exactly. You got three hours. You got cross games. You could do an NBA, an NFL, a, a, a hockey prop bet in there. So it doesn't have to be relegated to one sport. It could cross over from sport to sport. And there's no limit. Like, they're not afraid to take your... 15 prop parlay that pays $96,000 for a $10 bet because probability is you're not going to win. And for every one they pay out, they collect on 15,000 of them. <laughs> just like oh, a slot machine. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, just like the slot machine. They collect, uh, you know, 10 bucks off of everybody, you know, 10,000 people and they pay one lucky bastard 200 grand and they still made a half mil. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm in the wrong business. I'm going to start a <laughs> <Me> lottery. <too. laughs> let's, let's do the meatball lottery. Uh, we got one game that already looks like a playoff game looking at the schedule. The Chargers at the Raiders there. And there's an interesting thing there. If they tie, they're both in. <laughs> exactly. If they tie, they're both in. But the caveat to it is that the Jaguars who suck have to beat the Colts who, if they win, they're in the playoffs. So if somehow, and that's why they play the games, like Chris Berman always used to say, that's why they play the games. I, I still like rumbling, bumbling, stumbling better, but yes, <laughs> that's why they play the games. <laughs> so if the Jaguars beat the Colts, here's the scenario. You got the Chargers and the Raiders looking at each other going, shit, boys, if we just take a knee 30 times each, we tie we walk out of here, we're both in the playoffs, or somehow they try to make it look more legit than that, and they end up tying 10-10. Yeah, well, if they, they would both if they tie 0-0 zero, zero, and there's like three first downs in the entire game, I would never bet football again. Because <laughs> 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 the fix is in. No, but here's what you do. Here's what you do, Meatball. You get on your pocket bookie, and you bet a tie at 150 to one. There you go. I didn't think of it right. that way. <laughs> Listen, there's always an angle. <laughs> that is good. But if basically then if the Colts lose to the Jaguars, I guess Pittsburgh's in unless they tie, right? I think that's how it works. Yes. Out. Yes. If Pittsburgh wins. Yes. That's the scenario for Pittsburgh. Colts lose. Uh, Chargers, Raiders don't tie and they win. Uh, I like the Raiders. I think it's going to be. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say the Raiders have been through so much adversity this year. It's so hard not to go with them. I mean, uh, Jalen Rager, uh, 150 miles an hour, killed a girl, career over. John Gruden fired as head coach. Their other number one draft pick without a bar brandished a pistol and threatened a girl. I mean, 
this team's been through the ringer, and yet here they are. Right there they can on the make cusp. The, yeah, so, I mean, how do you not go with them? And a lot of teams could have folded after what happened three, to them, and you wouldn't even blame them. they could have folded already. I thought they were done when Gruden was over, but uh, they Me stumbled too. for a couple of weeks, and they, they got pretty hot again. Yeah, know. and they're... Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I didn't mean to tread on you. No, that, that I was just going to say, and they're getting points. points. Yeah, I just I don't believe in that Abear neither or Herbert, whatever you say. Is they say I hear his name nine thousand ways. How about the national championship? Who you like there? Georgia and Alabama. I think Georgia's given points. I can't figure that out to save my life. I haven't looked at the injury report, but Georgia's a fantastic team. They've been the no, they were the number one ranked team all year until they got to the SEC championship, and then they lost to Alabama. They blew a ten nothing lead. So they drop down into ranking, but generally amongst, you know, the, 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 the experts, quote unquote, they're the best team in college football this year. And they're expected to win that game. Whether they will is, is yet to be seen. Well, they're they only just, favorite. They, they got pretty spanked by, uh, which I'm called last month. Didn't they Alabama in that game? Yeah, that was a huge wake up call for Georgia. It was the SEC championship. Alabama needed to needed the game to get into the playoff, or they would have been watching from home like oh, most right. of the other teams. Oh, they already had one loss. That's right. That would have been their second loss. I didn't think of that. Yeah, so they were super motivated. Now they're playing for the championship. Uh, Alabama beat them two years ago in overtime for a championship. I mean, it's 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 get even time right now for Georgia. I mean, I'm going with the dogs for sure. Well, I'll I'll root for them for you only because I hate Nick Saban, but I just I, the guy don't lose. I, I, unfortunately, it seems I think he made yeah. a deal with the devil because <laughs> he looks Tom pretty Brady. damn good for eighty friggin' years old too. That old is he? It seems like he's been around forever. I, can look I don't know how old he is, but I don't think he's quite eighty. Yeah, I know. That was a little bit of an exaggeration. That was, that was, <laughs> okay. that was the meatball factor. <laughs> when I want to make a point, I got to add a few. Uh, real quick, on the rest of the show, I'm talking about two things. Number one, a guilty pleasure. You got a guilty pleasure show, a show you watch, but you would never admit to? Well, you know, it's not a soap opera or anything. It's just... Where do you hear you mine? Well, listen, mine is not great. I got to tell you, I watch two shows, and it's guilty pleasure for me. And we're around the same age, so I know you'll get this. Whenever the love boat is on, I just can't. I have to watch it. I have to sing it too. The love boat. <laughs> I have to watch it. It's just Julie McCoy and the captain. Isaac. The doc, I like Isaac. Isaac. <laughs> I mean, I just I have to watch it. I can't. I can't change the channel. So that's a good one. Yeah. Want to know what I had? I mean, I have to watch that too. But I mean, I'll admit that. But I had about a four-year problem with America's Next Top Model. But- <laughs> But now, in my defense, I was channel surfing one night, and I hit a show. It's a limousine with a bunch of good-looking girls pouring champagne, and suddenly one of the girls says, oh, I would make out with you. So the other girl hops across the limousine, plops in her lap, and starts making out with her, and they hooked me for four years off of that. Listen, one kiss and you're hooked. I mean, you know, story Dude, of your life. You're 40 years old and 19 to 26-year-old women are making out with a bottle of champagne in the back of a limo. It's pretty pretty fascinating. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound like a too too bad of a show to watch either. Yeah, I, and but I did, the embarrassing part, though, is I got too emotionally hooked. I sometimes took it very tough when models got eliminated. That's when I knew I had to stop watching. <laughs> Wasn't worth another make-out session. I don't care. <laughs> Unless you could bet on it, I probably wouldn't watch it. I would not be surprised with uh, pocketbookies today if they don't lay odds on some of that <laughs> shit. Because <laughs> you could, be can't you bet on that? I think they had laid a line on Bachelorette once, didn't they? Oh yeah, you could. You, there was a line on Bachelor, but what they do is they put lines out for it. Like I said, it's for entertainment, but they would not take more than one hundred dollars. Yeah, so they were bullshit bet. But that, that's still fun. I like to throw fifty bucks on a television show. But I, I like reality. I still watch. I watch the New Jersey Shore family vacation now. I'm addicted uh, to those guys, dude. I haven't seen it yet. It's it, you know it's really cool watching them how they grow up. I mean they're 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 still basically idiots, but uh, right. but they're grown up idiots now. And and you know and you watch them go through your retarded phase like you had at some point. 
Oh, yeah, I'm still a little off, I think. You know, aren't I, I, we all? I guess. I'll never be normal. That I do know. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's one word that never comes when you describe the meatball, normal. <laughs> normal and quiet, two words that don't come up when you describe the meatball. Very true. Very true. And the other thing, uh, my serious topic I'm going to be talking a lot about today is critical race theory. Oh, yeah, great what do you think? Stuff. Bullshit or what? <laughs> Yeah, the CRT. Well, listen, if if you if you if you look at it and you and you know about it, and I know that you research all the topics that you discuss, which is why your show's so great, because if you don't have knowledge about a topic, then you know, just shut up and 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 you know, have your opinion, but it's not an educated opinion, right? I agree with that, yes. So CRT, from what I know about it, and I know a little bit about it, my wife's a teacher, it teaches white kids to feel as if they are the oppressed race and black kids to feel like they're victims as opposed to bringing us all together we're all americans we all have the same opportunity yes teach history yes this is what happened these are the mistakes that america made slaves were Every single country in the world, we had them, Europe had them, Africa still has them. And just about every race has been enslaved by somebody at some point, too. I mean, it's not right. So, so why are we in America? Exactly. So why are we worse than every other country that had slaves? That's my biggest thing. I don't understand that. And the thing is, they teach about slavery. I learned about slavery in school. I learned about the slave trade. Uh, I learned about Harriet Tubman and the Underground Railroad. We learned about the Emancipation Proclamation. We learned about slavery. We didn't learn about how slave owners treated their slaves, but we don't learn how murderers murder people when they discuss law and order. I mean, we don't need the gory details at fifth grade, you know? Yeah, and and, and the thing that really irritates me about it is it was 200 years ago. So why am I making my nine-year-old daughter feel guilty about something three generations, four generations before she was ever even on this planet? It's absurd. I agree 100%. You ain't never been a slave. I ain't never owned a slave. You haven't met anybody who's ever been a slave, and you haven't met anybody who's ever owned a slave. I mean, Very well, yeah, exactly. Uh, just exactly. Because so. somebody who shares my skin tone 300 years ago had a slave. I'm sorry. It was an awful thing. Had nothing to do with me. <laughs> exactly. And right, don't even well, get me started on reparations because that's a whole nother. Uh, we'll, yeah, we'll be covering that later on <laughs> down the road. I've been taking notes on that to discuss. <laughs> Where do I get fully prepared on that? Well, oh. my guy from Points Better. You got anything else you want to bring on, or I know I took up a lot more of your time than uh, I promised I would. So, no, it's uh, it's not a problem at all. No, I just hope uh, you know your uh, your listeners jump on that Tennessee action, and you know they can thank me next week, and then roll into the playoffs. Hopefully, we'll be able to give a winner out every week, and um, and then get ready for yeah. the USFL. Oh shit, that's right. Good more <laughs> how football. Many game, how many games are they playing? I don't even know how many teams they have yet. Do you? I don't know, but I like the football. I mean, I don't know how many teams or how many games, but you could put some money on it. It's going to be on TV. What the hell? Yeah. Hey, we might have to start a fantasy football league, a USFL fantasy league. <laughs> Drifting a whole bunch of guys who should be laying carpet. <laughs> well, my God, dude, it's been a pleasure, man. Thanks for checking in. I look forward to our conversations next week. I may put a little skittle on that Titans game. We shall see. Till next week. Take care, buddy. All right, Meatball. I'll talk to you, brother. Bye. All righty. So uh, that was my conversation with my guy at sportspet.com. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, I didn't do any editing. What I usually do, I recorded that yesterday. What I usually do now is I start putting the show together uh, with the phone calls and whatnot on Tuesday night. Uh, Finish it up if it's not already done and post it on Wednesday morning. Um, however, last night when I started putting the show together, uh, I got some bad news. Uh, put me in a foul mood, didn't uh, continue to work on the show, got up this morning and basically changed everything I was going to cover on this show. Uh, really got my meatballs mashed up, you could say. Uh, bad news was a guy I grew up with, not not a friend, a kid from the neighborhood, 
Um, I played hundreds, maybe thousands of hours of stickball, wiffle ball, street hockey, touch football, tackle football, baseball with over the years in the neighborhood. My street, the kids on my street versus the kids on his street. Uh, we wrestled together on the same youth wrestling team for years. He was a year behind me, but every other year we were on the same team and competing in the same weight classes. Um, I saw the guy maybe three times uh, since I started high school, though. Uh, one time, uh, holidays right before COVID, uh, you know, November, December, 2019, he happened to walk into, uh, my job and, uh, we had a conversation, you know, we did some catching up, really nice guy. I think it's then that we became friends on Facebook and we may or may not have exchanged a few, uh, conversations over Facebook. Uh, seemed like a really good guy, nice guy, friendly guy, uh, funny guy, uh, so he was a year younger than me, 52 years old. Uh, he died of COVID yesterday. Um, and uh, it's kind of affected me uh, a little bit because it's a neighborhood kid that's, you know, it's one of us, uh, even though he wasn't a good friend. And partly because I think it's a needless death. Um, as I said, uh, I don't know the guy well at all since high school. Uh, I have heard, and from what I understand, he was unvaccinated, and he was a little stubborn about going to the hospital because I guess he believed the hype uh, that this is just a bad cold. Um, so, uh, you know, it leads me to believe that he was anti-vax, and he was this COVID thing is overrated, and it's a bad cold mindset. Um, now, that's total assumption on my part. I don't know the guy at all. But it's what's got me, you know, a, a little upset. You could be anti-vax. You could even believe the COVID ain't such a big deal. But you can't spread falsities. You know, I really want to start this whole thing off and remind all of you that the vast majority of these people spouting off that COVID is the flu with a better publicist, it's not killing that many people, are the same exact people who said, wait and see, after this election in November, the disease is going to just disappear. Poof, it was gone. That's what they said. Guess what? The election was 14 months ago. More people died of COVID since the election, and more people are catching it and dying from it now than when they believed they were being lied to around the election. Uh, all to end Trump's presidency, by the way. And mind you, they can't explain to you why the entire world followed suit with this farce. I mean, just imagine Russia, China, North Korea, Iran, Iraq, Israel, Palestine, all sitting around speaking with each other, conspiring to defraud, defraud the world population about the flu and the common cold. And mind you, all the while, they're keeping up their public squabbles, their fighting, their killing, and their wars, you know, just just to cover up uh, that they're working together on this. I mean, I'll give you, this thing has been politicized and lied about and exploited from all sides, the red to the blue, the liberal to the conservative, the Democrats to the Republicans, left, right, however you want to identify, and whatever side you're listening to, They've made it such a political issue, and it shouldn't be a political issue at all. It's a medical and scientific issue. Um, I consider myself a conservative Republican, and uh, I'm pretty much uh, a complete Trumper. I am anti-mandate, but I am super pro-vaccine. A lot of the right and the conservative uh, people and Republicans are. They don't want to be told to take it, but if you've re read the science, they agree that it is without a doubt, our safest, fastest, and best way to combat this disease. That's it. Period. At the end. That's a fact. If you read and follow any science, you would know that. So I want to address some of their points. Number one, they call it, it's the flu, especially it's a flu with a better publicist. The worst flu season in modern history killed 80,000 Americans in a year. COVID has killed 800,000 plus and is killing 1,500 a day right now. No flu, common cold, or anything contagious we have ever witnessed in more than 100 years has ever killed that many so fast. The last peak, it was killing almost 5,000 Americans a day. And we may get close to that number again. Uh, their second big argument, they like to say doctors and hospitals are calling every death COVID, even car accidents. First of all, it's bullshit. That was one story that got blown way out of proportion and was proven false about the guy in a car accident recorded as a COVID death. Uh, or they like to say they died with COVID, not of COVID. 
Well, if you look at total numbers, that totally blows that argument out of the water. Experts for years predicted the United States of America would not reach 3 million U.S. citizens dying in a single year until the year 2030 to 2035. In 2020, we had 3.4 million deaths in the United States of America, 500,000 more than any year in history. Uh, That also represented an 18% increase over the total deaths in 2019. That's the largest single-year increase since the Spanish flu pandemic in 1918. And with only 345,000 recorded COVID deaths, there are more than 560,000 more deaths than in 2019. Uh, We saw significant increases in cardio, pulmonary, and respiratory cause deaths. They were all up 15 to 20% versus previous years. Uh, If you don't know, they are the systems that COVID wreaks havoc on. They're the systems that usually fail and cause your death in COVID-related deaths. Real science and data actually supports many COVID deaths being mislabeled a heart attack or pneumonia or a stroke before they really understood how COVID was killing people. And now also think about when you're in the hospital, every temperature, every medication, every treatment, in some cases, every amount of urine that leaves your body is recorded and written down, signed off on. Some, a lot of things signed off on by two people. There's so much information recorded on that little chart at the foot of your bed that any second year medical student can walk up, pick up that chart and know exactly what you have, what you've been treated for and where you are in your treatment. But they can just take a person who died of cancer and say, oh, that was a COVID death. And nobody would be wise onto it. Come on. Of the 800,000 dead people, how many of those charts you think were completely expertly forged so nobody can expose it? Um, and some say hospitals get paid $38,000 for every COVID death. Uh, I have two huge problems with that and two questions that you should question right away and you'd have no answer for. Why on God's green earth are hospitals getting paid for death? Who and why is paying them? And even if that ridiculous possibility were true, you think the hospital just has to say, uh, yeah, I got a, a thousand dead bodies over here this month and uh, 875 of them uh, were COVID deaths. So uh, I guess you owe me, uh, what would that be? Uh, at 40,800, you're looking at $32 million. So 875 and 38. Oh, you owe me 38 million. You know what? Send me 30 mil. Keep three for your troubles. It's, nobody would ask for proof. Uh or want to audit your files or uh, the dead bodies or anything like that, right? Uh, Number three, they like to say COVID only kills old people. Number one, does age lessen the value of life? It's killing people. Who cares if they're old or they're young? Uh, My parents and me and some of my contemporaries are now considered old people. We're rapidly approaching old people status. Uh, Number two, COVID In just 20 months with 800 deaths, maybe 23 months, what is it? But 800,000 deaths has reduced the average life expectancy in the U.S. by 1.13 years. It's killed enough people at young enough an age to move that number that's being established through hundreds of years of death. So uh, I don't think it's all just young people. Number four, and this is one of my favorites, and whenever anybody mentions this, you can ignore everything they've ever said because they read nothing but conspiracy uh, theorists and their cohorts' ridiculous statements, and they fact-check absolutely nothing. They like to say, why do I need a vaccination for a disease that has a 99.7% survival rate? Uh By the way, that's about the survivor rate of the flu. It kills one in 300 people. COVID currently is killing one in 50 people before they recover. Now, survivor rate is an important and defined medical and scientific term. It is defined as, and I'm going to read this from notes, the percent of people surviving and thriving after a prescribed amount of time. Generally, five years after initial diagnosis with regards to disease and two years from official end of a trial or study. The percent of people surviving and thriving 
after a prescribed amount of time, generally five years after initial diagnosis of a disease. Uh, COVID's been around 23 months. So how does anybody know how many people are surviving and thriving five years after they were diagnosed? The answer is nobody does. Uh, There is no survivor rate. Nobody of any legitimacy has computed any survivor rate for COVID as of today because there simply is not enough information to compute it. Uh, What they're trying to give you is actually a Uh, as backwards mortality rate, which represents the amount of people dying first, the entire population, uh, which is also a ridiculous uh, figure to compute in the middle of a pandemic because every time somebody dies and every time somebody's born, that number changes. And with 1,500 people a day dying of COVID, every day or two, that number significantly changes. The 99.7% is actually a number that Donald Trump said a long time ago when 60,000 Americans were dead and that was the mortality rate of COVID. So you, you lose like 0.3% at mortality rate with every 60,000 people that die in this country. We're now at 800,000. Do the math yourself. I've done enough math uh, this morning. Um, number five, this is another one they love to say, vaccinated people can catch and spread COVID. So it's not working. And what's the difference? Uh, number one, vaccinations aren't designed to stop the spread of COVID or at any disease. That's just a happy circumstance of having a human body that defends and fights it off so quickly they can't spread it. But uh, anyway, it's not working. They like to say 19 of every 20 people who have died of COVID since early June are unvaccinated. Many times 20 out of 20 of the dead are unvaccinated because for the longest time it was tracking at almost 98% of the dead were unvaccinated. Uh, For every one breakthrough case in a vaccinated person, six unvaccinated people are testing positive for COVID. Um, And like I said, vaccines aren't designed to stop the catching and spread of disease. It's designed to arm your body to uh, identify a threat and defend against the the threat and prevent that threat from giving you its worst effects. Uh, lessening the spread and noticeable cases of the disease. That's just a happy side effect. Uh, They also like to say long-term effects. There's very little history, data, and medical science of vaccines presenting any serious detrimental side effects more than 120 days after initial dose. Uh, That's because a a vaccine is designed to be identified as a threat and destroyed by the body as quickly as possible. And the only traces of it left are the memory of how to identify and destroy that disease in the future. But saying it can be caught and spread by vaccinated people, so what's the difference? Let me see if I could explain it so even a dummy could understand it, okay? Bryce Harper and I can both catch and hit a baseball, okay? You running around a COVID world vaccinated are the Philadelphia Phillies in a Major League Baseball game with Bryce Harper in right field and batting cleanup every inning in the game. You running around COVID world unvaccinated with any Major League team in any baseball game are playing with me in right field and batting cleanup for the entire game. Now, it doesn't guarantee a victory or defeat either way. My pitcher may pitch a no-hitter, and we win a game. Uh, He could be in a threat. I may get lucky and put my bat on a ball and actually get a hit. Very doubtful. I'm probably going to not even reach base on a walk a single at bat. Uh, And I'm probably going to make an error one out of every three balls that come in my direction, whether it be catching or throwing. And I'm going to cover about three square feet in that outfield. Uh, But if you were a betting man, you're going to bet on a team that has Bryce Harper playing right field and center field because it's going to win 99 out of 100 times. And that's you out there vaccinated. You with me in right field and your team playing a major league baseball game, are you out there unvaccinated? I hope that helps clear that up a little for you. But uh, they're my biggest gripes about these anti-vaxxers. And like I said, you can be anti-mandate and you could even be anti-vax, but you can't talk bullshit and scare people away from a vaccine when you don't know what you're talking about, 
okay? There have been more than 8 billion doses given worldwide of these vaccines, and there are well under 1,000 caused deaths. So you need to back off. Um, I didn't mean to go over all this stuff today, but it was really on my mind. Uh, so I'm not going to cover uh, the things I had intended to cover this episode. We'll cover them next. I just want to get into some of our phone calls so we get in some of the spite and vinegar end of the show. Alrighty, so as I said, uh, my goat was a little twisted, my meatballs a little mashed over all that, so uh, I did supersede everything I was planning to do, just about. Uh, I'm going to cover those topics next week. If you have any conversations or points to make on critical, critical race theory or on Joe Biden's incompetence and unfulfilled promises, or if you want to defend him and try to convince me he's actually done something please do so either by email meatballs for america all lowercase the number four at yahoo.com or by voicemail 307-363-2669 uh for a little fun and to end all the uh annoying stuff and parts of the podcast today uh, i put out feelers and questions and asked people to supply me some of their guilty pleasure television shows we all have shows we watch but we would never admit to people in public that we do so uh i got into my little bit of my america's next top model addiction earlier uh from yesterday's phone call uh i really was uh a very loyal watcher of that show for four years or so uh Today, I still am hooked on the challenge and uh, the Jersey Shore cast. I watch the family vacations now and after growing up and having kids. Uh, uh, they, they grew up to some pretty good people. I think we I mentioned some of that in the uh, points bet call also. Um, it's pointsbet.com. I think I keep referring to it as sportsbet.com. I apologize for that. Let's make sure we get that right from now on. Uh, but anyway, we heard about some 90-day fiancé, some below deck, uh, some 1,000-pound sisters, which I've seen commercials for. I want to go ahead and watch that. But here are the phone calls. I'm just going to play the phone calls back-to-back for you and do a little wrap-up at the end because this show, uh, I'm trying to stay in the 30-minute range, and I'm going to be well above that too. Today with my pointsbet.com conversation and uh, my ran on uh, these anti-vaxxers and their lies. So uh, let's listen to some phone calls and uh, I'll wrap it up for you afterwards. Hey, what's up, meatballs? This is Joe from New Rochelle, New York. Guilty TV show pleasure. Oh, boy. I got to, I guess they fall under, uh, I guess they fall under how I can like some cheesy Christopher Cross music, not Chris Cross, Christopher Cross sailing, ride like the wind. Yeah, baby. Uh, when it comes to guilty pleasures for TV shows, one show I used to love that I would never tell anybody I loved. And then, uh, Gary Goldman, who's a hilarious comedian was, uh, rented my couch for me in Astoria, Queens at one time. And uh, we both had a bit in our stand-up acts about this show, and it was great to know somebody else was as cheesy as me and liked it, which was Party of Five. You remember that one? Party of Five. We both had jokes about how there was not much of a party going on in that house. The, uh, you know, the uh, they lost their parents, the, the older brothers raising the kids, uh, the one middle brother is, uh, an alcoholic. Uh, I think the old, maybe the older one got cancer and then the youngest girl was crying all the time. And then Nev Campbell was always a fucking mess, but man, loved me some party of five, even had a great, uh, great theme song that shows don't have anymore theme songs that you could play on the radio. Remember that theme song? I'll be there with you. I'll be there with you. That's all I remember. Fuck. I loved Party of Five. Hi, Meatball. It's me, the broad. Okay, got a confession. Got a confession, Meatball. I have guilty pleasure TV shows that I watch that I don't tell 
anybody that I watch. I literally get up at 2 o'clock in the morning to watch my shows so nobody in the house knows what I'm watching. I watch 90 Day Fiancé the other way or 90 Day Fiancé before the 90 days. And I also watch Thousand Pound Sisters. Okay. So uneducational, if uneducational is even a word, um, it's horrible. I am addicted to it. And I don't tell anybody that I watch that. So don't you tell anybody either, Meatball, or it'll be off with your head. Yeah, my guilty pleasure TV shows is 90 Day Fiance and Below Deck. Talk to you later. This is Linguini. Hi, I'm calling about my guilty pleasure TV show. That would be definitely One Tree Hill. Watched it from beginning to end a dozen times. Hey, a basketball play instead of brothers who are in love with the same punk rock girl? How could you go wrong? Okay, talk to you soon. Hey, Meatballs, I'm just calling you with my guilty pleasure TV show. Uh, every day for the 30, last 30 plus years I've been married, my wife watches General Hospital. And I've been watching it with her for 30 plus years. So at this point in time, I gotta say it's a guilty pleasure. Talk to you later. Alrighty, so uh, a lot of good shows in there. I mentioned some of them coming in because I do listen to these calls before I play them uh, in the podcast. Uh, I cheat a little. Maybe I'll start listening to them and spontaneously react. Uh, but then I gotta worry about curses and stuff. Uh, we'll we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But uh, yeah, General Hospital. Uh, my sister was addicted to and watched that and sucked me in back in the Luke and Laura days. Uh, and somewhere along the line, it was a crazy story. I think he raped her. Then they got married. Then they went on the run. And uh, I think their city was Port Charles. But I watched it for a few years also. Uh, Partially because I got sucked into the stories and partially because my sister's pretty friends watched it and I got to sit and watch it with them rather than go swimming uh, on hot summer days when they were visiting. So, uh, But I got out of it when I believe a character named Robert Scorpio or Scorpion was going to freeze Port Charles, <laughs> the whole city, if I'm not mistaken. I'm very sad that I still remember Port Charles. But, yeah, I had a uh, – I can't believe that's still on General Hospital. My God, because that had to be more, almost th more than 30 years ago that I watched it. But, uh, anyway, uh, that's some fun, some guilty pleasures. Please feel free to leave messages on more if you have any. Leave messages on how you feel about vaccinations. If you have anything that – disproves anything I said, please leave it, email it. I will air it. Uh, I can be wrong. I do read and examine everything I say before I uh, say it, but uh, their opinions, they are opinions. But anyway, that's it. Ladies and gentlemen, my microphone is off till next week. Bye-bye.